Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. You thought I forgot about you, huh? Well, because usually I, you know, like the Mandalorian episodes, I put these out at midnight, although that episode wasn't exactly out at midnight, maybe around 12.06, but I digress. Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, Documentary December. So... We're going to continue with an artist. This is this is a rarity. We're doing this is an artist that has already he's already been part of one of the documentaries during this month of December. And I mention him because he made news this week. Very interesting. You know, he's not getting any younger. Um so I can understand where this is going. Bob Dylan recently sold his publishing catalog, supposedly for an amount of $300 million to Universal Publishing. Now, next year, Bob Dylan's going to be 80 years old. So it kind of makes sense. He's preparing for the future however he can. And so... Because he's in the news, I figured, you know. And there are a lot of documentaries. Well, there's two prominent ones. There is, of course, Don't Look Back, D.A. Pennybaker, about Bob Dylan and his 1965 tour. And then there, of course, is No Direction Home, Bob Dylan, directed by Martin Scorsese, released July 21st, 2005. This is a long documentary. This is longer than Don't Look Back. Okay? This... uh, What else can I say about Bob Dylan? What it focuses primarily is on the period of his arrival in New York in January of 1961. His retirement from touring following his motorcycle accident in July 1966. The period encapsulated, encapsulates Dylan's rise to fame as a folk singer and songwriter and the controversy surrounding his move to a rock style of music. The title is taken, of course, from the 1965 single, Like a Rolling Stone. Mm. This, is a, this is an amazing artist, and I figured, you know... Let's talk about him. He deserves a a second spot on the documentary um, circuit on this Dr. Zeus Film Podcast documentary, December. Robert Zimmerman, born May. (laughs) Let's get it right, kids. You know, he's going to be 80 next year. So we got to wish him a really good birthday. Born May 24th, 1941 in Duluth. Minnesota, Robert Allen Zimmerman, whom we covered previously this month with his landmark documentary by D.A. Pennybaker, Don't Look Back, which opens with his video for Homesick uh, Homesick Terranian Subterranean Homesick Blues. Say that five times fast. So here we are, Bob Dylan again, No Direction Home. Let's go.
They had ambitions to uh, set out and find, like an odyssey, going home somewhere. I set, set out to find uh, this home that, that I'd left a while back, and I couldn't remember exactly where it was, but I was uh, on my way there. And uh, encountering what I encountered on the, on the way was how I envisioned it all. I, I didn't really have any ambition at all. I was born very far from where I'm supposed to be. That's true. That's very, very true. He said he said that in interviews too before. So it's like with Bob Dylan, here's the thing that I've learned about him. He's either putting you on or he's he's reeling it in, you know. Very interesting character. Because you know, with Bob Dylan, it's hard to say, are you talking to the real man? Or is this this is, you know, a lot of public people have a persona. And Bob Dylan, though, Bob Dylan has had many, many different shades and many different lifetimes. He probably is one of the most interesting artists of the 20th century, if you think about it, and beyond, because he continues. And um, he once told Joni Mitchell, this isn't in the documentary, I think Joni, Joni likes to play the, the media, too, as he says, you know, I, I haven't written a fresh song in years and she was like well where do you get them from oh i get them from the box like the computer does it there's a genius to bob dylan that is captured in this documentary and you learn like many like many poets what inspired his poetic poetic tongue was a girl you know a lot of poets it's either someone we fancy or it's another world that we fancy that inspires that poetic tongue or a song. With Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan just took it to the hilt. I mean, you think of his early poetry and you think of, you know, he looked up to Woody Guthrie. He looked up to all the folk and blues men for the day. But then the beat poets. Yeah. Oh, no music. No music. Oopsie. <laughs> Don't come after me. You're, it's now worth $300 million. I have no opinion about that. Well, why? Yeah. The Press. Bob Dylan versus The Press. Perfect song title. Said that you must be the ultimate beatnik. What do you think? Just, just, I won't tell anybody what you say. What do you think? Not your personal comment. Yeah. What do you think? I have no opinion about that. Well, why? Because I haven't heard you sing, actually. You've never heard me sing. Hmm. And here you are sitting here and asking me all these questions. Well, you know? that's my job. Yeah, well... That's my job. Can you just suck your glasses for one second? Just put them in your mouth for one second. Do you agree that uh, you should be the leader of singers with a message? No, I don't know what that is. Don't you think your first records were much better than the ones you do now? Who said that? This one here. <laughs> huh? still here. 
Parce qu'il a envie de chanter, il aime chanter. Particularly special to express when you sing. No. And this documentary runs at three hours and twenty-eight minutes, so it's it's cut in two. And the first time I saw it, I think I saw it on PBS in 2005, and one half of it aired on one night, and then the next half, and you know, you 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 get to see that moment at the Newport Folk Festival in 1965 when he raised hell, and he played that electric guitar, <laughs> and Pete Seeger just went ape shit, and Pete Seeger didn't usually go ape shit. You know, he was he was a folk, you know, I, if I had a hammer, you know, huh. and Bob Dylan, you know, I think with Bob Dylan, he either means to do something or he doesn't mean it's 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 that's why that there's that wonderful moment that I just played for you. Bob Dylan versus the press. He still to this day is very weary of the press. You know, I would be, too. I mean, they, you know, they like to stir things up. And what this documentary captures, though, is the is the aftermath after he went electric. Okay, and people are screaming Judas, you know, from the stage, from the rafters, and you know he's playing these halls that were not made for live music, and that's why I wanted to talk about this documentary because you know this is documentary December this was not really an easy choice because it was like well I don't want to talk about him again or I do because he's such an icon you know you don't fuck with Bob Dylan you know um it's he's there he's there I mean when my late professor asked me and and I wasn't offended by this I was just kind of shocked because my, my late professor loved literature and he loved poetry and knew Allen Ginsberg. And, you know, I said, um, he one time said to me, that is one thing about your country I don't understand is Bob Dylan. And I said, hey, he is our troubadour. Okay. This man, if anyone ever represented, you know, you know, Shakespeare is, is universal, but the British have Shakespeare. We have Bob Dylan, you know, um, Bob Dylan took his name from Dylan Thomas. I mean, you know, okay, you're going to go from Robert Zimmerman to Bob Dylan. All right. Hmm. There's so many moments in, I mean, you get to see that he, even though he didn't write House of the Rising Sun, is that he was the one who originally did the vocal, the, the vocal style that everyone copied, including the animals. I mean, it, when we all think of House of the Rising Sun, we think of the animals, but Bob Dylan, in terms of that vocal style, that approach, he's the one that everyone copies. Okay, my God, <laughs> Here, here's here's a little taste of Bob Dylan's genius, just with his own words. I'm looking for a place that will collect, clip, bath, and return my dog. He's reading a sign outside. This is part two of the documentary. Tobacco. No direction home. Animals and birds bought or sold on commission. 
I want a dog that's going to collect and clean my bath, return my cigarette, and, and give tobacco to my animals and, and give my birds a, a, a commission. I want, I'm looking for somebody to sell my dog, collect my clip, buy my animal, and straighten out my bird. I'm looking for a place to bathe my bird, buy my dog, collect my clip, sell me cigarettes, and commission my bath. I'm looking for a place that's going to collect my commission, sell my dog, burn my bird, and sell me to the cigarette. going to burn my buy, collect my will, and bathe my commission. I'm looking for a place that's going to animal my soul, knit my return, bathe my foot, and collect my dog. Commission me to sell my animal to the bird to clip, and buy my bath, and return me back to the cigarette. And so... You know, as someone who liked to... He didn't just play with words, okay? Think think of Homesick, uh, homesick Subterranean Blues, okay? And how he's, he's, you know, piling those words up. And so that's a moment of Bob Dylan. I think he's having, he's having fun. He loves words and he loves to just dig deep with them. I mean, you, you know, what's analyzed in this documentary, this is, this is taking place during the civil rights era. The sixties were a tumultuous time. I wasn't there, but there was a tumultuous time. And, you know, you got all these race riots and, and, um, demonstrations. And what does Bob Dylan write to signify this moment? A hard rain's gonna fall. It's raining tonight. So I thought, Hey, hard rain's gonna fall. It's metaphoric. So when people say, well, did the rain really fall like that? It's metaphoric. Okay. That's the thing with Bob Dylan. You know, um, all these, all these songs that he wrote are really analyzed with a microscope in no direction home. And that's a testament to Martin Scorsese. Martin, Martin Scorsese, who, I mean, if you're going to get anyone, to do a document on someone such as Bob Dylan. Oh my God. Yeah. If we can play this clip. Here we go. Is it, hopefully it doesn't have any music. I really can't say the girls took a liking to me or not from playing around town. The first girl that ever took a liking to me, her name was Gloria Story. Gloria Story. I mean, that was her real name second girlfriend was named Echo. That's pretty strange. I've never met anybody named Echo. Yeah. And music is playing. But he talks about... I serenaded her underneath a ladder that went up to her window. And both, both these girls, by the way, brought out the poet in me. See? It's, it's about a girl. You know, you think of that Think of some of those songs that he wrote, okay, to make you feel my love. Um, uh, what's another one? Oh, Queen Jane, approximately. I love that song. Um, you know, um, I I always think of that movie, The Dreamers, because that's the first time I heard that song, Queen Jane, approximately. Or is it Queen Jade? Yeah. And then, you know, you think of those love songs that he wrote. I mean, those women, (laughs) I mean, they truly brought out the poet in him. You think of um, Lay, 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 and he's talking about his big brass bed. You know, Um, what's another one? Yeah, I mean, he was writing love songs. He was writing love songs. But, you know, these, 
within a Bob Dylan, you know, context, these songs, I mean, these songs are, these songs are crazy. They're crazy. And, um, no direction home. Ah, here it is. So what happens is, you know, when, before he went electric, people people thought Bob Dylan was a prophet. Okay, it's it's the truth. People thought that, and then he went electric, and all shit broke loose. Don't boo me anymore. Don't boo me, God. That booing, I can't stand it. <laughs> oh my God, it's hard to get in tune when they're booing. Yeah, I can't get in tune at all when they're booing. I can't I can't uh, it, it, I can't uh, hear anything. I don't even want to get in tune. <laughs> When they yell in this weird, weird nasal tone from here. Oh, Jesus, you know, I don't understand why they, how can they buy the tickets up so fast? I mean, you know, let's get that light off. Mmm. So the paranoia is setting in. You know, you got to understand, this is, this was a new age of celebrity. You got the Beatles, you got Bob Dylan. Mmm. And then, of course, she got Allen Ginsberg, who inspired everybody. Oh, 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 it's music. Better, particularly, I'll know my song well before I start singing. Where all souls shall reflect it, or, you know, I can stand on the mountain where everybody can hear. It's sort of this biblical prophecy. Poetry is words that are empowered that make your hair stand on it. That you recognize instantly as being some form of subjective truth that has an objective reality to it because somebody's realized it. Then you call it poetry later. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, Bob Dylan and Ginsburg knew each other so well. And I wish there was a you know, there's a really good documentary on the beat poets called The Source from nineteen ninety-nine. I urge all of you to watch it. Um, this documentary on Bob Dylan, though, let let me let me tell you something. Woo! Yeah, yeah. There's a moment with him singing with Johnny Cash. I'm so lonesome, I could cry. Hey, Mister Tambourine Man. I mean, this this documentary truly carries so much. Um, you know, um, cojones when it comes, it, it won Martin Scorsese a Peabody Award for in 2005. Yeah, just amazing. What what a character, what an icon, and he you've got it in this documentary. And of course, without if the, if there's no music in here. <laughs> Let's see. Al Cooper. Yeah. Who worked with Bob Dylan, who wrote, who did that famous... Name, Tom Wilson. Here we go. Me ...to a recording session. And me being 21 years old and incredibly ambitious and a big Bob Dylan fan, I decided I was going to play on that session. There was another guitar player who sat down and was uh, warming up and just was playing far beyond my abilities. And he turned out to be Mike Bloomfield. I packed up my guitar and I went into the control room where I belonged. After the first couple of hours of the session, they moved the uh, organ player over to piano. And uh, uh, 
And I said, well, here's another chance for me. So I said to Tom Wilson, why don't you let me play the organ? I got a great part for this. And uh, Tom Wilson said, oh, man, you don't play the organ. You're a guitar player. I said, I got a really good part for this. I can play it. He said, Al. And just then someone came and got him to take a phone call that came in for him. So he didn't say no. Like a Rolling Stone uh, remake, take one. What are you doing there? <laughs> At that point, he really could have just busted me and got me back in the control room. But he was a very gracious man. And so he let it go. And so I began to play. And the verses in the beginning, you hear me come in always an eighth note behind the band to make sure that I played the right chord. The band would go boom, boom, and I'd go like that. Boom, 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 like that. They started playing it back. After about a verse or two, Bob said to Tom Wilson, hey, turn the organ up. And Tom Wilson said to Bob, oh man, that guy's not an organ player. He's just, and Bob said, I don't care. Turn the organ up. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. We don't. Just in the nick of time, that that you think of it, that famous moment, that kick, the snare drum kick, and then that organ just plumbing through uh, for like a Rolling Stone. If ever there was a song to define Bob Dylan, it's like Rolling Stone. Huh. I mean, yes, blowing in the wind, um, but that's see, that's one of the many moments within this documentary this is an epic documentary on bob dylan who well, whoever's gonna shoot me is there, a, is there a shotgun in the house <laughs> how do you find that out albert just, just, oh, just, 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 just on the house it's only a crank they just phone from front of the house phone oh. oh, bob's office and they say they're gonna shoot me yeah. well do they do this often <laughs> well, i don't mind being shot man but i don't big i don't think being told about it <laughs> Oh, man, I can't believe that. Don't worry, Mickey, I'll protect you. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, don't tell me not to push too hard, man. I'm worried about getting shot. I'm not going to push too hard. Yeah. You know, this was, this was a hotbed time. You know, he goes electric. And... Hmm... Shit hits the fan. Shit hits the fan. People were booing him. He was getting death threats. You had people saying, Oh, he's changed from what he was. And, you know, to have to bear the brunt of that and No Direction Home, this documentary by Martin Scorsese, truly captures this essence this this moment in bob dylan's life that i mean I, al cooper was talking about or is it coper was talking about how they were going to go to dallas to play where they just shot the president and in 1963 so it like i said it was a it was a hotbed time in terms of that you know this this differs from don't look back okay don't look back is different i mean it's fresh it this, don't look back is bob dylan that's his peak 
And what No Direction Home does is it goes and starts from the beginning. And here you have Bob Dylan in modern day. You know, he'd just written the book Chronicles about his life and when he first came to New York City. And then, you know, the coffee houses and, you know, those one-nighters and, and becoming this folk icon, getting signed to Columbia Records. He's still with Columbia Records to this day. That's that's a career right there. Is that you're still with um you know he's a he's an iconoclast and if I can find it there there's a lot going on no direction home and by the way you can watch it on Netflix it's available on Netflix to watch you can watch it on Apple Music or Apple Films um I, I would love to play Ballad of a Thin Man, but I, I know I would get in trouble. And, uh... I had ambitions to, uh, set out and find... Yeah, and that's interesting. If any of you have ever studied the Odyssey and Homer, so Bob Dylan sees himself as Homer. And his Odyssey is to get to New York. That's his Odyssey. He's sticking to it. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. On the way. Okay. No, no. You know, this, this, uh, there's a lot going on. Like I said, in a perfect world, we could play the songs in a perfect world. But unfortunately, this is not a perfect world. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is, uh, is this no it's 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 interesting how the songs are you know they're wrapped up in it ah here we go what do you think of this he said oh that's pretty fucking good you know, I said, you know a bunch of years from now all these people all these assholes are gonna be writing about all this shit i write i don't know where the fuck it comes from i don't know what the fuck it's about and they're gonna write about what it's about <laughs> that's, a, that's a great song that's a great and that's joan baez impersonating Bob Dylan. Joan Baez was Bob Dylan's great muse. Mm. Um, I gotta, I gotta give it to Martin Scorsese for this. You know, there, there's a lot of, you know, what Scorsese loves to do the grimy, grippy, grimy, and with No Direction Home, he's hit it right there. He's hit it. He's hit it out of the ballpark, and you know, you learn so much more with No Direction Home through this documentary. It was a very exciting scene back at the hotel. This is Allen Ginsberg. Dylan was down the hall with the Beatles. Then a message came that I was supposed to come in there. So I came into the room and everybody was sitting there totally stone cold, silent, frozen, paranoid. Not quite knowing my place, knowing Bob, I sat down on the side of his armchair. John Lennon said snidely, why don't you sit a little closer? And I suddenly realized they were just so naive, they were young. So I, actually I fell over laughing onto John's lap, looking up at him and asked him, do you ever read William Blake? He said, never heard of him. And his wife said, oh, John, stop lying. Then everybody began laughing, and then the scene sort of broke up, uh, you know, the, the ice was broken. It struck me as funny that these guys at the summit of power, spiritual power, musical power, world uh, 
of fame, 65 May, June, were um, so unsure of their minds and speech. Yeah, and that's uh, when it takes someone like Allen Ginsberg to dip that in there. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. See, they were all they were all getting together, and that's the beauty of No Direction Home is it captures that it captures moments like that. If I can, what is this? Okay, I'm looking at other clips. Um, it 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 is a powerful documentary, and, and it talks about. You know, the motorcycle crash. You don't need my autograph. You needed it, I'd give it to you. Just give it your autograph, yeah. What's wrong with him today, eh? What's wrong with him today? See the kind of shit they're throwing at him? And I can understand why he would want to retreat, why he he didn't trust people anymore. And basically, um, um, Went out to Woodstock, New York and lived a life and raised a family for a while. Okay. Because you know, Bob Dylan's one of those restless spirits. He can't just stay home daddy. You know, no, no, no. Bob Dylan's got to go out on the road. Okay. He's got sea legs. He's got to go out on the road. That it's just within him. It's that poet, but it's that musician, that traveling troubadour, you know. And No Direction Home covers a long... I mean, that's why it's three hours and 28 minutes long. You got to have a... You got to plan a whole day to watch No Direction Home. It is long, but it's worth it. You learn so much more about Bob Dylan through Martin Scorsese's lens. I mean, Martin Scorsese is a really great film historian and preservationist and the fact that he would he, he you know he recognizes the iconoclastic you know moment of Bob Dylan and everything that Bob Dylan is is and does represents I can't make it tonight I don't know how to cover up for it it's something I never figured out and that's toward the end of the documentary and music's playing and we can't we can't play it because copyright that 300 million dollars bob dylan really does make me proud because I'm going to tell you something like I said at the beginning of the show I understand why he did that why he did that deal because like I said he's going to be 80 next year and Bob Dylan is aware of his own mortality and you know he could live another 10 15 20 years okay he's Bob Dylan there's always something magical to Bob Dylan don't don't you get that twisted now don't forget it Unlike many other artists who came out of the 20th century, Bob and Bob Dylan, you know, they mentioned this in the documentary, basically introduced the Beatles to pot. Okay. So, and if you've ever heard the album Revolver, there's a song in there called Dr. Robert. Who do you think that's about? Dr. Robert. 
Robert Zimmerman. Yeah. You know, or the fact that, um, you know, uh, popular bands were doing, Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me, you know, because they had the nice voice and Bob did. And Bob had the troubadour voice. I wanted to cover all of this and encapsulate it within the Dr. Seuss Film Podcast, this documentary December. This idea also came out of talking to uh, Jason Almy of Shit Happens When You Party Naked, saying he said, you know, you know music. Try to combine all of them. As he's rocking back and forth, and this is toward the end of the documentary, you see a Bob Dylan who is exhausted, who's obviously using drugs. But we're not discussing that. That's besides the point, is that he's using drugs. What it is, is that's what fame does, okay? Especially someone as prolific and iconoclastic as Bob Dylan. The things that he wrote, you know, um, Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, Blowing in the Wind. The answer, my friends, you know, come on. Um, Like a Rolling Stone, uh, Maggie's Farm. Oh my God, Hard Rain's Gonna Fall. One of my favorites is, and they play this in the documentary, is um, You've Got a Lot of Nerve, You Say You Are My Friend. And it just goes on and on. but And then there's Ballad of the Thin Man. Al Cooper, pl- Cooper played on Ballad of the Thin Man, which is such an epic piece of music from Bob Dylan. And, and you know, you think, okay, Bob Dylan and Paul Simon and Joni Mitchell and the Beatles were all playing with these words. I mean, you know, all, everyone else was playing with Sonic. And Bob Dylan was like, no, no, I'm going to play with these verses because, you know... And if you listen to home, Subterranean Homesick Blues, he's rapping in a way, you know. There's a jive, there's a style of hip-hop to it. And, you know, that's, like I said, that's why I do these documentaries. And that's why Bob Dylan, whenever I'm going to talk about him, it's very important. But I got to give a big shout-out to Jason Almy if shit happens when you party naked. And Christina Almy, such great, a great support. You know, um, they do an amazing podcast, Shit Happens When You Party Naked. But for Jason to say to me, you know, you know a lot about music. You should incorporate it. And I thought that's where I got the idea for Documentary December. Music documentaries only. And so we're going to continue them. And today we talked about No Direction Home, Bob Dylan. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Three hours and 28 minutes. You better get ready. Don't even bother with the popcorn because you need to be able to hear this movie. Oh, my God. Uh, The documentary describing the 1960 New York folk scene served as the inspiration to... Okay. Oh, okay. To Justin Timberlake for his part in the Coen Brothers-related drama Inside Lewin Davis. Scorsese would make a second documentary on Bob Dylan 14 years later, Rolling Thunder, Revenue, a Bob Dylan story by Martin Scorsese, this chronicling his 1975 Rolling Thunder Revenue concert tour. Mm, Maybe we'll talk about that. So 
to Bob Dylan, thank you. And thank you for, I mean, the fact that at 79 years old, you made the news again, not just for a hit album, but the fact that you, you're preparing for the future and we're all aware of that. And you, that you report to the chief commander, as you call it. That's why when COVID lifts, Okay, when everyone's been inoculated, who's going to have a tour first? It's going to be Bob Dylan, because Bob Dylan, that is in his blood. He's got to work. He's not just going to, oh, you know, I'm just going to sit back and tend to the grass. No, no, no. He doesn't do that shit. Bob Dylan has to work. And now he can just work. I mean, he can have fun. I mean, you think of it. He, he has sold his publishing, okay? He's preparing for something. And so I urge all of you go to Netflix. You can watch No Direction Home, directed by Martin Scorsese, released in 2005. Bob Dylan. This is Bob Dylan at a moment in his life. Okay, you got to understand, he's just chronicled his life. He's in his 60s and is fully aware of the life that he led and doesn't seem i mean like i said it's keeping up appearances to some um doesn't seem embarrassed or bothered like most artists uh, looking back on his career how he got to where he got to you know and for him to say you know well it's like homer's odyssey he sees himself as the forefront of that as you can and then uh, the name you know when people would ask him why why did you name yourself bob dylan well you can call you well it's land of the free you can call yourself anything you want to here yeah so that bob dylan is a really great magician magician he's a magician He's magical. His music is magical and also how he sees the world, okay? Because he's seeing something that we don't know. So with this news of $300 million, supposedly, for for his publishing, okay? I thought it was fitting to talk about No Direction Home because now after this, he, he has put a pin in it, okay? After this moment, there's No Direction Home. There's no going back. And we can reference his first documentary in the 1960s by D.A. Penny Baker. Don't look back. Bob Dylan doesn't have to look back now at $300 million, okay? So, I, like I said before, I, I'm i a big Bob Dylan fan. I'm not just a fan. I mean, I, I understand it. You listen to the songs and you listen to other people do them, but at the heart of it is the words, you know? There are certain songs that people cover, and you can just tell that's a Bob Dylan song. Just by the cadence, just by how he wrote it out, you know? I mean, when people, if anyone were to cover Lovesick, you know, you know that's Bob Dylan. Like Rolling Stone, I mean, even Jimi Hendrix covered it in the 60s. Jimi Hendrix famously covered... Um, all along the watchtower and made it into something sonic and something um, ambi- you know, ambitious. And Bob Dylan liked that, you know, to have someone take his song to the ultimate stratosphere, you know, 
that Hendrix was able to do. And that's why I've said, you know, musicians in the 60s, it was about that sonic boom. With Bob Dylan, it's about the verse. It's always about the verse. It's always about the lyric. How's he going to cut you in the, with this lyric? How is he going to fuck you up with that lyric? It's almost like on the li- along the lines of a gangster rapper. And I know some of you would laugh and say, you're comparing Bob Dylan to a gangster rapper? Here's the thing. There is a fine line between hip-hop and Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan knows that, okay? And the, the early troubadours knew that. So, yeah, I, I recommend it. No Direction Home, Bob Dylan, directed by Martin Scorsese. As always, unpleasant dreams, and remember, like a rolling stone.